Welcome to Get It Done Entrepreneurs, where we talk with founders of companies who bet on themselves in one. My name is Rich Lebrun, and I am the founder and CEO of Lebrun Advisory Group. You can find us at rlebrun.com. Our mission is to help our clients build wealth through business ownership. Stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest. Our special guest today is Suman Cherry, founder of Cherry Talent Group, which was started over 13 years ago. Suman has 20 years experience in recruiting and has successfully placed over 500 employees in industries such as medical, oil and gas, construction and real estate. She is dedicated to understanding the needs of her clients and candidates and takes pride in being a hiring matchmaker. Cherry Talent Group redefines recruitment by treating each client as a trusted partner and working closely as an extension of their team. They prioritize understanding a company's unique qualities and aim to nurture long-term relationships based on trust while finding candidates that align with their vision and culture. Suman lives in Houston, I would say hot Houston today. And and, uh, with that, Suman, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I so appreciate it. Yeah, well, thanks for taking time out of your busy day. I'm very grateful. And our listeners are looking forward to hearing what you have to say. Uh, labor, you know, is, is the number one buzzword out there. And you're in the heat of the battle. But before we jump into actually what you do, we want to know why and how you got into business um, 13 years ago. Okay. And tell us your story of how that all came about. For sure. So for me, I've always had just a love of working with people. Um, when I was in college, my first jobs were working at weight loss consultants where I was helping people with painful situations, you know, and helping them have accountability and how to kind of manage that, right? So I started off in that. And then I did that for quite a long time throughout college. And then what ended end up happening was I, I was looking for a job and I had a recruiter reach out to me and I was like, what do you do? And he was like, I'm a recruiter. I'm like, I want your job. And so I just decided that I want to be a recruiter. I will love this job. I just knew right that moment. And then I started doing other jobs. And then one of my friends called me and said, hey, I've got this job opening at my company. They're looking for an entry-level recruiter. Do you want to interview? And I was like, yeah. And so that's how it kind of started. You know, for me, it was just, I'm always a believer in following the things that really light you up. Mm-hmm. And I understand that now, you know, 20 years later than I probably knew in my, my 20s. But I've always kind of lived that sort of value place. So then I worked in recruiting. I worked for companies and I did that for a long time, um, which was a good experience for me. I got a really great foundation to the recruiting piece. There's a lot of pieces to it, having those, you know, the struggles and the the human connections when you're dealing with two, you know, you're dealing with people. This isn't a product you're selling. You're selling, you know, there's no selling. It's, It's like, how is this a match or is this not a match, right? So I did contingent recruiting for a number of years and it's not, I want to say anything negative or anything about it, but it didn't, it started not really aligning to my values. Um, I saw some inconsistencies with the contingent model in the sense that it was very much based on this attachment to the candidate. You only make money if you place a candidate. So you might have some biasness a little bit sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, it happens. And I'm not saying I didn't do it but it's just what it you is. Know, human nature takes over. 
Yeah. And also, I mean, you're working on a lot of positions, right? In order, it's a very hustle sort of mentality. Like it's like, okay, what's the closest to the money? What are we doing? We have 15, 20 positions. We're always moving and moving and moving and moving, which is not a negative thing necessarily, but doesn't align with how I like to run my business. Um, I'm a very consultative base. So I moved, actually, I did the contingent model for a number of years. And then during COVID, I had a client reach out to me and they were like, hey, would you be open to doing some contract recruiting? And I had never done it before. And I was like, oh, that sounds like an interesting type of model. And I loved it. It was it was absolutely life changing because it was completely different from a contingent model. It's very consultative based. You get to be walk in as the expert and really deliver, you know, high value to both your clients and your candidates. You understand the market. I understand what needs to be done in order to facilitate a successful hire because it's all the little details that get lost a lot of times. Um, and then also, how do you really evaluate candidates, not just from a skill level, but also from a soft skill level? And how do you really have an honest conversation with your clients? Because clients are always looking for unicorns. Everyone wants a unicorn, right? Of Everyone wants this course. list of seven pages and we, but we only want to pay them like not even market value, you know? And so it's having those very realistic conversations with your clients and helping them streamline that process. And sometimes you're not successful in placing them, right? Because they realize they're not in the right place. They're not going to be able to hire the top talent or they have to change the scope of things. We help with the marketing, all that stuff. So that's how Terry Talent Group came to be. And it's a passion for me, you know, like I love it. It has not been easy. I had another business that for a number of years, um, maybe about 10 years ago, before Cherry Telegram or before this, and the whole thing blew up in my face. I didn't have the structure. I didn't have the stability. I was didn't have boundaries around my business. I blended it too much in my work, family life, and it became too much for me, and it failed. And it was the greatest thing that happened to me, honestly, because as an entrepreneur, you're going to have a lot of failure. It's just part of it. And you have to be able to learn from the mistakes and learn and and then and that's what I've done. I've created something that's different and I love it and it feels well, good to me. Let me jump into that right right in the middle of what you just said. Okay, so you learned something, right? Give me one or two things that you learned that you were able to apply to Cherry Talent Group that you learned from the other business venture. I think one of the main things I learned is you have to take the chances and the risks before you're ready. There is just never a right time to do it, right? There's never a right time to expand. There's never a right time to do the marketing or to maybe um, create that some type of offering for your clients. It's just, it's never the right time to do it. You have to do it before you're ready. And that's very scary. It is. Yeah, you know, in major corporations, they say some things get stuck in, in the R&D department. They never get out. Yeah. You know, because they just are just always researching, developing and never testing it and versus some people get maybe get out too early. It's, it's, it's hard to gauge the exact time, but you got to get out eventually. You got to go yeah, out to market and test it. Even if it's baby steps towards what, you know, I read something today that was interesting. It said success doesn't come from setting goals. It's from actually acting on those goals. People have all these very idealistic ideas of being an entrepreneur, I think. But the truth is my husband and I are both entrepreneurs and it's challenging sometimes, you know, but the freedom on the other side of it is amazing. Um, but it's also challenging and it's, it, sometimes you can't sleep at night. You're like, oh my gosh, my stomach hurts. You know, we've all been there. Um, all been there. 
I love it. Success comes from not not having goals, but necessarily, but more about acting on goals. I love that love that saying. All right. So you, you learned that you maybe need to take that risk earlier, you know, get it out earlier. And that was helpful. Um, but um, you've done some things right, right? You're yeah. successful. You weathered that company that didn't make it. You've started a new company now for 13 years. What are some key decisions that you've done that you feel that you did right that really uh, has helped you become sustain yourself over some tough times, which we'll talk in the third segment of the program. But uh, what, what are some things you did right? I think asking for support, you know, understanding what my strengths really are as, as a CEO and working and more in a leadership role where I'm, it's not a micromanaging or a like, um, you know, there's accountability to the people that work for me, but it's not in myself, but it's not this constant, like you have to trust your people to do it and you have to train them properly and you have to give them bandwidth to make mistakes. And I think that was challenging for me with my business before because I wanted to do everything because I just didn't think anyone could do it the way I could. And the truth was, is that I, there's some things that I'm very strong on that really, I'm really, really good at. And there's other things that are a little bit harder for me. And so now I have it structured where, you know, I'm still handling some of those things sometimes, but I have someone else handling them, you know? All right. So I imagine you use some assessment tools in your business. Business? Did you use an assessment tool for yourself to find out your strengths and weaknesses or did it just evolve on its own? I mean, I'm, I am someone who's done a lot of work on myself, like from an inner perspective. You know, I'm someone who really believes like everything is pushed out from within us, right? We create our reality. So I had to do a lot of like soul searching on my own and understanding like self-sabotaging patterns and triggers and all these types of things. For me, that's what aligned to me. So a lot of mindset work and a lot of emotional work and really healing myself. And so I think that for me was the, the most biggest difference. Like I have a lot of mentors now. I work a lot of coaches. I really believe in all those space, spaces. Like you really need people to hold space for you as you're growing as mm -hmm. well. Okay, good. Well, with the business that you was cherry, you evolved from the other business you said it didn't make it. Was that other right. business also in the employment space? It was. It was a contingent recruiting firm. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was, you know, I made a lot, I made a lot of money doing it. It was a very lucrative business, but it came at a price. Um, the money also came with me very stressed out all the mm -hmm. time. And it put a lot of strain on my marriage. It put a lot of strain on my family and, um, and really on my own physical and mental health as well. So I, I feel like now it's Cherry Talent Group. Um, it just aligns more with who I am as a person. Because the values I bring to my business is who I am in my everyday life. So there's not something interchangeable, if that makes sense. Well, I like and appreciate you sharing that because you stayed within your same industry. Right. You know, and you just tweaked it. You kind of found what you liked it. and you found you found how to operate better in the same industry, which you had a passion for. Because heaven forbid you had to walk away from your passion because your business didn't make it. So you were right. able to keep your passion and then retool uh, through some learning experiences to find to get the best out of your industry that aligns with your values. So I appreciate you saying that because a lot of our listeners who are you know our founders of companies and they wrestle with that because they still love what they do but they don't love how they're doing it. Mm -hmm. And if and they, there's hope out there if they just take a step back a little bit and do some soul searching as you did. Th fantastic. Thanks for sharing that with me. Um, let's take a commercial commercial break. This is your time. Okay. Um, 
tell us about your your business anything you want to say about your business uh, promote any event you want to do but let our listeners know how they could uh, utilize your services so we so cherry talent group is there's no one else offering a service like us there's just two different options really in the recruiting world you either have in-house recruiters or you're the owner and you're doing it yourself um, or maybe you hired a contingent time-based recruiter. There's not anyone that company is really offering this consulting hourly type of model, and that's what we provide. We really streamline the process for our clients. First of all, we help with um, the job description, which is a very important piece. And a lot of times, it's not it's not done well. It's not explainable. Um, we take a long time to profile the account. We try to really understand who the client is, and we also handle every little tiny detail that comes up. On the candidate side, we do very deep assessments with our candidates. This isn't just a robotic checklist call. And we were trying to understand who this person is, right? We really take the time. It might be multiple calls before we even submit a candidate over to our clients. So we're taking a long time to have those conversations and to see if there's any type of, to make sure it's a good match. We really work as matchmakers, right? Um, and we're less expensive. I mean, we are, we, we don't, you know, Contingent recruiters charge on average 20 to 25% of the first year salary, which there's a risk involved in that as well. You know, we charge an hourly rate. It's very transparent. It's very authentic. You always know what you're spending with us and you know what the value is from that. Um, we're looking for long-term partners. You know, we want to, we want clients that are growth oriented and entrepreneur based and care about their people. That's who we want to work with people who really see the value of bringing a talent expert out in the market to find the best people for them. Let me ask you a question. So I hear you hear this correctly. You're kind of the best of both worlds. I mean, you're not the contingent one, which I, I hired a lot of people in my career. We always wrestled with that that concept. Right. And you're, and you're not in-house. Right. So, you, so you, you, but you provide a lot of the same services the in-house would do from because they're employed by the employer. Um, but that's also not always not always the best case or the best person or even the most cost-effective. So you kind of get to be the entrepreneur, offering the flavor of an in-house person, right? Right. At, at a better, at a more manageable price structure. Because uh, I assume at the end of the day, you've done your cost-benefit. If if the if you're competitor to contingent person down the street is saying i'll do that job for 20 20 to 30 20 to 25 percent i'm assuming you say well i could do the same job pay me an hourly rate and I either be equal to or less than is that is that about right yeah i mean we are less i mean we've placed multiple people and you know we we end up being about half the price even with a lot of hours that we do because it's just and the thing is is that it's not the contingent model is not can't tangible, like how much effort or energy they're putting into a position, right? I, I don't I don't know. In some cases, you're putting a lot of effort in, and it is very stressful for the recruiter on, as a contingent recruiter as well, because you might work on a position for six months and it doesn't get filled, right? So there's always going to be that sort of like they might get their energy might get lower in the sense that they're like, okay, I'm done with this client. They they've created a story. They don't really have the transparency to have that honesty with them, or maybe there's multiple recruiters working on those positions it just tends to be very um challenging and it is more expensive i mean i just know it is and then and then on the other side the the, the thing about the in-house recruiter the challenge with an in-house recruiter is in order to justify having one you have to have them work on so many positions and they a lot of times it's very difficult for them to be an out-of-the-box type of person because we 
when we evaluate candidates, we look at resumes, obviously we're having conversations, but if we see some type of spark, like we've had this conversation with a client and they're like, these are the things we're struggling with. And this person has done those things. And maybe their resume doesn't look exactly what it's supposed to be. We can have those conversations with our clients as well, if that makes sense. It does. And on the employer side, the contingent side, um, what we liked about it is we didn't pay if you didn't perform. Right. Okay. So versus I imagine if we hire you on a contract basis, you have to have some success rate to show that you'll get this job done versus going, you know, having three recruiters working on it on a contingent basis, right? There's got to be a leg up for you to do that. Right. For sure. I mean, obviously there's no guarantee that we're going to fill your position, but mm -hmm. there's a lot of transparency in the sense that we're very upfront with that but the candidates are gonna receive for us, they're gonna be very qualified and we welcome feedback. There's a constant communication going on with our clients. I told my clients when I signed off, I'm like, you're gonna be really tired of me. You're gonna be sick of me because you're gonna hear from me a lot. We, a lot of times what happens in recruiting in the hiring process is that companies, and I, and I don't know if it's on the contingent side, but companies themselves, they drag their feet. They get busy with other things. They kick the hiring thing down the road. They don't want to take ownership or responsibility for it, which when you have a contingent model, it's like, okay, well, I'm not paying them anything anyway. With us, you're paying by the hour. So you're much more motivated to give us feedback and get the process moving along, which is very beneficial to you as a company as well. Yeah, I, I, I would echo that exactly right. You know, on Monday, it's a hot topic. On Tuesday, I'm doing something else, but I still need that employee. Yeah. Um, and the contingent, the other thing is, and I'll say this in, in support of what you're doing, because one of the things we didn't care about contingent and companies, I'm not saying they're bad, there's a, there's a marketplace yeah. for them, is they would just, I don't think they did their homework. They let us do the homework. They would just throw people at us. And then we had to sort through them and going, well, why, why'd you bring that person to us? It's not anywhere yeah. close to our requirements, but they were kind of just taking that, throw it stuff against the wall theory, see what sticks. And it's like, yeah. and that became very frustrating. And uh and so I think you have a nice niche there that you're doing. So I, I applaud you for that. Um, Thank you. Okay, so let's shift gears. So you've been 13 years uh, in least in least the Cherry Talent Group. Um, so you weathered some storms. Definitely 2008 recession. Today, although you know it's funny, labor has been a hot mark topic forever in business. I remember just in 2019 December when the, we had the best economy ever, people couldn't find staffing. Right. Right. And then we get into 2020, you can't find staffing and 21, 22, 23. So labor is always an issue, but it's the hottest topic today. You know, finding good town, there's something happened in the marketplace. Maybe, you know, the secret, who knows, but all those employees we had in 2019, where'd they all go? We don't know. Right. Um, so how are you navigating your company to, as you know, running your company in something, I would say very competitive industry, very, uh, I don't know, vulnerable, uh, volatile industry right now. How are you navigating your company from, from the CEO suite seat? Well, my belief is that companies are always going to need to hire people. It's not, it's, it's just what it is. I mean, there's always going to be some altrician and, and even with the market having some shifts right now, I mean, I'm not, I mean, it is, it's a little bit dicey. There's definitely a lot of people in the market, but it's the same it's always been in my industry or in recruiting. It's like the really good candidates, the ones that are just top notch, they always have a job and they're always, and they're not the ones that fast actively in the market. You have to find them, 
right? The ones that have the really, because I work in a lot of technical positions where there's a lot of skills that need to be addressed, specific skills. Like I do a lot of work in construction right now. And mm-hmm. construction is very specific in the types of projects they've worked on, the types of materials they've worked on, the size of those projects. So there's a lot of levels to that. So mm-hmm. I feel like value is always value. And what we provide is an option for a company that needs to hire people, but doesn't want to spend the cost or doesn't really want have the time. Because if you're an owner of a company or CEO of a company, you do not have time to go through 300 resumes and set up interviews and go on LinkedIn and follow up. And I mean, all of the pieces that come along with it. So I'm not very concerned about it because I think our model really creates value in the sense that, you know, if a client said, look, we only have 40 hours, what can you do for 40 hours? We'd be like, okay, this is what we can do, right? If there's a some type of budget restraint. And we're flexible about that as well, if that makes sense. So you you kind of transcend the market, right? Because labor is good. Labor is an issue. Good, bad markets, bad markets. Um, so I sell companies for a living. Okay. That's what I do. This, this podcast is my passion, but uh, I love helping people buy companies. And so, but the biggest question is labor. Okay. Right. If I buy this company. Where am I going to get my labor? Right. Do me a favor. Talk to that client of mine saying, can they find labor out there? Yes, but you have to be prepared for realistic. What, you know, candidates are different. What they wanted in 2019 is not the same what they want now. They have a different evaluation on something happened during COVID. People shifted. People really, you know, went home and they took a break and they realized they were exhausted and mentally exhausted and physically exhausted. And now, they want more time for themselves and they don't want their life to just be about work. And they want to be in a company where the leadership, the leadership is strong. That's a very important piece for, for, for people. They ask me all the time, what are the leaders like? Like, you know, they don't want the, the, the manager that's, that's angry all the time and scaring everyone. And, you know, this fear base, which has been pretty relevant in our, in, in different industries, this kind of fear-based place. But that's why, you know, companies, people are looking for leaders and growth and realistic expectations. Like when, I think one of the things is when you are interviewing people, you need to be realistic on what this job really is. The mm-hmm. nitty gritty, the ugly, all of it, because it is a job. And it's very important to have that sort of honesty and transparency up front and also have a very good onboarding program for them. You know, like you really need to take the time to train them properly. and have built that trust with employees as well. But yes, I think you can find people, but there needs to be a realistic conversation on this unicorn thing that everyone wants, you know? Yeah. Wonderful perspective. And this is my take on in 2000 in 2008, we had the recession. Every, every CEO stood in front of the company said, okay, you know, we have to eliminate so much staff and the rest of you stick around. You got to work, you know, 50% harder than you ever did before because, (laughs) because the markets fell apart and then the market came back. And profitability increased, but the employers never replaced that staff. So from 2008 to 2020, people were burned out. Oh, and I, th- so and burned I, th- out. I think we, I think we, you hit, you hit the nail right on, right on the head here, saying in 2020 people took a break and said, "Okay, that was not a fun ride." <laughs> and now, if we're going to go back in this game, we're going to do a little bit on our terms. So I appreciate that. Uh, what's the average job today? Is it longevity? I'm hearing numbers two, three years, uh, CEO's jobs are like five years. Is there any truth to that? Or that's just- Yeah, I do think that there's a lot more movement than there used to be, right? Again, I think that 
there's a couple of reasons. I think it's, it's, I don't want to place blame, but I think there's both sides of it. I think on a candidate side or an employee side, they have unrealistic expectations of what the job is going to be. And, you know, I don't want to say anything about younger people, but I do think I have a 10 year old. So I know that it's a very instant gratification type of piece like this. I'm ready for the next level, but we haven't learned the grassroots yet. Right. Like there needs to be a process. There's a training process. So I think on that side, there is that. And I think on the client side, there's just not. Um, I forgot the question now. <laughs> um, I think there's longevity of jobs. Right. Yeah. And I think from the from the client side, they're not creating the community for people to want to stay. They're getting burned out right away. There's not a lot of training. There's not the support. There's not this a transparency like with the leadership team. And I think that really plays into it. And also salaries. Right. I mean, you have to pay your people well right? You have to pay your people well. You need to have incentive programs. You need to be paying your people what they're really worth and the value. And you also need to get rid of people that are causing drama at your company. There's a lot of, a lot of times what I see at companies, what reason people leave is because you have people who are high, high producers, like, wow, they make a lot of money for my company, but they are, have a terrible mindset. They are toxic. They are complaining. They are whining. They are, they are the fear base. Mm -hmm. And so the younger people that are coming into these environments are like, absolutely not. I am not doing this. And so they leave. And I hear that all the time, all the time. Well, because money is a value, but it's not the ultimate value. Culture is a value. Yeah. Another statistic I heard is that 85% of the people who leave their companies leave because they hate the manager <laughs> so, yeah. it's like fix the manager and you can do a lot better retention but uh all right let me just ask you one final question okay so the company you're you're feeling good about the market you're kind of you transcend different ups and downs but you're also a person uh sounds like you're a wife husband i mean a wife and a mother and uh you have to get up every monday morning and go to work okay you yeah. gotta keep yourself focused and positive and lead the charge and navigate this crazy world each and every day. How do you do that? Do you have certain disciplines, certain things you read, uh, certain routines, mentors? How do you how do you take care of yourself? Well, for me, in order, you know, on the weekends, I'm more flexible with my time, right? But during the week, I have a lot of structure in my day. I wake up at the same time every single morning. Mm-hmm. I give myself a certain amount of time just to enjoy my coffee, you know, right. just to right. have that time. Um, I exercise. I'm I'm someone who works out and it's not a negotiable thing for me as well. Like I work out three to four times a week. It's something I do. I do it first thing in the morning. And it's something that I really have to have in my life. I'm also I I take care of myself. I, you know, I'm not perfect, but I try to eat well. I mean, these basic things that I do. Um, I also really take time to have breaks. So if I'm feeling like, okay, I need a break, and there's because there's always gonna be a million things to do, right? Mm-hmm. So I take a break for 30 minutes and go sit outside, you know, and just be outside in the sun. And those things really help me. They reset myself. So I put these like structures in these in my day because then I'm not feeling like I'm all over the place, like what has to be done. I'm also mm-hmm. a planner. So I kind of plan out my day the day the night before, like, okay, what are the priority things that I need to get done? And those things have to be done, right? And those, because as, as an entrepreneur, as a CEO, your list is huge. And you can get stuck in something. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't get what I need to get done. So I prioritize the things I really don't want to do first so that I can get them done first, if that makes sense. No, I love it. I love it. Get those hard things out of the way. Uh, Not everybody can do that, but I love the philosophy. 
Well, thank you very much. Uh, how can our listeners get a hold of you? Should they want to utilize or utilize your services or at least get a chance to learn more about them? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my website, Cherry Talent Group, it gives a really great overview of the company and who we are and all those places. I'm also on LinkedIn. I'm very active on LinkedIn, so you can find me there. Um, if anyone's interested in, I'm offering like a 30-minute consultation, expert consultation. If you're a candidate who wants some help on your resume or how do I even look for a new job or what am I going to do? I can't find a job. What's going on? Because there's all these tips, honestly, that mm -hmm. need to be done before people go and interview and all that process. And on the client side, if you're interested in learning about how you can maybe streamline your recruiting process more, you know, set up a call. We'd love to chat. And you work all over the country? I do. Yeah, I work all over the country. Great. Well, we'll have this information all in the show notes. This uh, podcast will air on all podcast platforms, including our YouTube station. And for your next two to three weeks, you'll be able to find this and re-listen to it and pass it along to your friends. Suman, uh, you are just a joy to talk to. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy day and always grateful for our founders who are willing to share their experience with our listeners. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And I hope you have a great day. You too. Rich LeBrun here. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast, Get It Done Entrepreneurs. If you are a successful business owner who would like to be on this program, please visit us at rlebrun.com forward slash podcast and fill out the form and we will reach out to you. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show. Include the hashtag GetItDoneEntrepreneurs. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, rlebrun.com, or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time.